Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Tonight's message is knowing Him. John 17, 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Know in the Greek is the word genasko, meaning to perceive and to understand, to grasp, to identify, to realize, to discern, to comprehend, and to recognize. And my question tonight is, what is your concept of Jesus Christ? How would you describe Jesus Christ? That's a good question, isn't it? When you think about it. And how would you define Jesus Christ? You know, we have a lot of definitions for different things, don't we? But how would we really define Jesus Christ? How would you draw Jesus Christ upon a canvas if you were an artist? Would you give him a beard or would you, would you do his hair black or brown or maybe a, a blondish, you know? <laughs> how would you draw him? The answer is this, how can we truly contain all that he is? So I just wanted to do a, a rundown on the creator tonight. Let us look at the creator. This is a short list of the creations of Jesus Christ. Because the number one thing to know when we know him, he is the creator. Amen? That's where God started in the Bible in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created you know, that's not what I used to think of when I was a little Catholic girl in that mess, amen? <laughs> Thank God God got me out of there. But what I'm saying is we didn't know him as that. And so we're going to go through just some of his resume here. So this is a short list of the creations of Jesus Christ. The earth is 4.5 billion years old, and there are 195 countries with 7.5 billion people running upon it, speaking 6,500 different languages. That's a lot. There are four human development stages, infancy, childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. The human being has 10,000 taste buds with 37.2 trillion human cells. This is all his creation. There are 300 human bones at infancy with the human bones in adulthood being 206 as the bones from infancy fuse together. There are 78 human organs. There are 12 human systems within the human being, the integumentary system, the skeletal system, the muscular system, the nervous system, the endocrine system, the cardiovascular system, the lymphatic system, the respiratory system, the digestive system, and the urinary system, the male reproductive system, the female reproductive system, the human sensory system, vision. God created your vision, your hearing, your touch, your taste, your smell. There are 7.5 billion fingerprints on the earth working in 12,000 different careers under 100 billion stars. That's a lot. 
with 1,809,000 mountains round about, with 10 million colors, and 4 million species of flowers, amongst 8.7 million animal species, under 100 billion galaxies, with three light systems, the moon, the stars, and the sun, under eight planets, Neptune, Uranus, Venus, Jupiter, Mercury, Mars, Pluto, and Saturn, with time, seconds, minutes, hours, days, and years, experiencing weather, winter, spring, summer, and fall, with rain, lightning, wind, earthquakes. We've experienced some of those lately in the United States, tornadoes, hurricanes, snow, and blizzards, and there are 228,450 underwater species, with two million that remain a mystery. There are 18,000 bird species within 65,065 tree species. There are five oceans, the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Arctic, and the Southern, and there are nine types of sand. There are various systems, the earth system, the church, government, military, finance, family skills and inventions, education, sports, medicine, communication and commerce, military, Christian entertainment and gospel music with times and seasons, the Bible dreams and goals, pursuit and achievement with romance, marriage and children. Emotions, love, hate, anger, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, hope, and laughter, tears, sorrow, and joy with the laws of existence, spirit and flesh, birth and death. The law of gravity, the law of mortality, there is an end. The law of sowing and the law of waiting and the law of reaping. There are the operations of life. There is the purpose with passion and reason, experiencing perseverance and endurance and loss and victory with war and peace, encouragement and warning, goodness and severity, plagues and cures, peace and action, choice and result, blessing and cursing, the covenant, gratefulness and gratitude, the angelic host, the eternal dimensions, heaven and hell, the lake of fire and the ages to come. This creator, Jesus Christ, came to earth to speak of what? Truth. He told Pilate in John 18, 37, I came to speak of truth, amen? And we know that he came to be the Passover lamb to die in our place. But what is most shocking to me is the heart and the person of Jesus. That's quite an amazing list when you set him apart and you look at him for what he truly is, the creator of all those things. What man has that on his resume? What woman has that on her curriculum vitae? Anybody? It sets him apart, amen? 
But the thing about Jesus is he's the most humble person I ever met. He's humble and he's kind. He's pure. He's 100% pure. He's 100% real. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And you has God quickened, brought to life, turned the lights on and said, hello, who were dead in trespasses and sins, being possessed and oppressed by demons, torment and confusion, wherein in times past ye walked, you lived, you sinned, and you partook of, according to the course, the lifestyle, the culture, and the pattern of this earth, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, which is called Satan and Lucifer, the spirit, the demonic, evil, corrupt, invisible being that now works, dwells in, and operates in the children of disobedience, the rebels against Jesus Christ, and the ignorant sinners within the globe. But you know, because of God's goodness, he has called us to himself, amen? Years ago, years ago, I was lost years ago. And I'm sure that you have been drawn in by my testimony that I went to heaven and hell, amen? I went to heaven and I went to hell years ago. It's been back in 2001. And I wanted to share a little part of my story with you tonight as we gathered here together. Uh, Ruth, can you hold up the book, Real God? I was going to have one up here. Uh, it's right there at the table. That's, that is my book, my testimony book, that will give you the details of my encounter that you probably want to get. Uh, it's a really good book. It goes into detail. Thank you, Ruth. And, but I was, I was alone, and I was hopeless. And this God, this God came to set me free from things I didn't even know about. Amen? But this God, while I was alone and hopeless, as Ephesians 2 tells me, among whom also... We all had our time with Satan here, amen? And we didn't even know it because we didn't really know where we were. But in Ephesians, it says, but thank God for God who is rich and extremely generous and wealthy in mercy, amen? With unfailing kindness, understanding, and compassion for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead without the life of Christ in sins, here he comes. I was a woman that thought I knew Jesus, you know. How would I have painted Jesus, you know? I was, I was a Catholic, and, and I would have just painted him uh, dead on a cross because that's where he was all my life. He was dead on a cross. I'm not sure how you were raised, but... Um, you know, through the years, I had gotten born again and given my heart to Jesus. But I had a lot of issues. I was a woman. I was, I had, was married, and I was a victim of domestic violence. Anytime my husband didn't like something, you know, I was his punching bag. And, uh, you know, it's a cycle. 
it's a sickness and you don't really know you're in the sickness, so to speak, until you're pulled out of it to look at it as an observer instead of a participant in that cycle, that sick cycle. And so one time it, it came to pass where I was taken and beaten on the concrete of my, my home, my tile floor. And as I was being thrown around like a rag doll, he was really big and I'm really tiny. Um, I thought I was, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And um, for, somehow I got away from it and I drove off. And any, later on, I ended up in a hospital on the floor screaming because I couldn't deal with the pain inside of my head. My head was on fire and all the way through. And they, they grabbed me and they took me back there and they said, you shouldn't be alive. Your whole, your whole cranium is cracked. I don't, we don't even know how you're, you're living. People don't live with a cracked cranium like yours. You shouldn't even be here. And I, I just, I couldn't even think hardly. So make a long story short with that, I uh, got away and went into a hotel. I got out of that because they, they didn't keep me because there's nothing they could do. They didn't, they didn't keep me. But they said, tomorrow morning you need to go, you know, check in to uh, the doctors right away. Because I, I didn't want to stay in anyway. I had two little, two little adopted children. But, um, you know, when you're under domestic violence, there's a lot of control. There's a lot of control that the violent person puts on you to keep you in that place. Well, the years, you know, the years went by, three years, where I, I sought help from every doctor, every cranial, sacral, just different doctors, this and that, and it got so bad they, they would give me any drugs. And so I found myself renting a little cottage on the other side of the city. And I knew that I had to get a hold of God, not the dead one on the cross, but the one that was risen, amen? because there's nothing they can do for me. They said, there's nothing we can do for you. You are fried. There's nothing we can do except drug you. There's nothing we can do. So either I live in continual pain or I get a hold of this God, amen. So I went and rented a little cottage and sought the Lord. But at the same time I was seeking the Lord, I was drinking and drugging and smoking and whatever I could do to take my pain away. I mean, that's why we do drugs. That's why people smoke and drink and everything, sex, everything, is, is to numb the insanity of their life. Well, the years went by, three years to be exact, and one night I was sitting there in the cottage and all out of the blue, in walked God and his angels through the wall. I first was shocked to see them, but I was also shocked the fact that they 
they came walking through the wall. I, I just didn't understand spirit and, and flesh. God is a spirit. He is the father of spirits, amen. And he's made us a body to live in. So we're actually spirit beings inside of a shell, almost kind of like a peanut, you know? You pop open a peanut or pistachio, so to speak, and, and you get that pistachio, and that's your spirit. But I thought to myself, how did you know where I was? How did you know where I was? And then I thought, how are, who's running the world if you're here? And these beautiful, magnificent angels spinning. And I just I was shocked at the presence of God. How could you know where I am? I'm a nobody. But there's something about God. He loves nobodies. We don't have to be anybody to be loved by God. He loves the nobodies. He loves the people that have nothing. He loves the poor. He loves us. And he sat down. I had a velvet green futon. And he sat down, and he's big and barrel-chested. He had his white gloves on and his red. We can see him because of Jesus, amen. That veil has been ripped. And in the Bible, in the book of John, it says nobody has seen him. Well, that was then. Jesus wasn't risen, amen. I, in, in my book, I go into all the details in the scriptures. You can look at it all. It's beautiful. But I went over to him to hug him, and, and I was weeping because I knew there was hope. Hope came into me. I had no hope but God. There was no hope for my life. But find, come to find out, we can have nothing without God. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is from God. Every good thing is from God. The air in your lungs right now is from God. The hair on your head is from God. The fact that our heart is beating is from God. And we're sitting right now in God's creation called earth. <laughs> you know? And we're, 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 we're standing on this big ball amongst 8 billion people and are how many galaxies did I say in stars with 10,000 taste buds and how many colors? And, you know, I, didn't, I, I don't know about you, but I sure didn't know about all those trees he made. When I was doing the research, I thought, dear Lord, you know, we have our little oak tree or ficus or something, and we think it's something. But I had no idea the, the, the amount of trees. He's the creator. And here he's standing in a cottage filled with smoke. Filled with smoke and a drug addict that was doing one ounce of cocaine after the other because cocaine would, would, would numb my brain and it would take away the throbbing, constant throbbing I was going through as I'm swallowing Vicodin from these doctors and then having to get the big fifth of whiskey down the street and smoking one cigarette after the other, screaming to my rock and roll music. Only God knows why. And God shows up? I've never seen anybody with so much love and grace 
in my life. In my life, I mean, you, you knew me? You knew where I am? I went over to reach for him. That was just my immediate response was to run for his chest and grab him. And I did, and my hands went right through him. And I said, oh my gosh, and I just looked at him. Because he doesn't look like, he looks so thick, but he's spirit. And he just smiled. And I just cried and cried and cried, and he let me cry. He let me cry and cry and cry. And all of a sudden, I looked up and I saw Jesus to my right. And he was in this vesture, and it was dipped in blood. Revelation 19 tells us about that. Revelation 19, 13, Jesus wears a vesture dipped in blood, and his name, his name is the Word of God. The Word of God. Amen. They, they began to unpackage to me the story of life. They, they began to unveil to me where I lived, amongst the angels, amongst the demons. He took me into heaven where when we go to a funeral, everybody says, well, they're in a better place, amen. They're in a better place, and you look at them, and you think, where's the better place? What are you talking about? <laughs> better place, you know? I mean, it sounds kooky. They look dead to me. Where they, where'd they go? When you don't know. Well, they took me up to heaven, and I got to go in several different places. One of them was a huge auditorium that I was brought in by these angels, these magnificent creatures called angels. <laughs> it, it just blew my mind to see them. They're made so much different than we are. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever been, ever seen a really nice made car. You know, like a, a really nice made car versus us, you know? It's, it's just night and day. They're, they're very superior in their formation. They're very superior creatures in their performance. But God made us out of dirt but he became one of us to let us know that's how much he loves us, amen. And one day we're gonna be like these angels I saw and you're gonna love it. <laughs> I mean, one day you're gonna come out of this body and you're going to go up to heaven with God. It's a real place, I was there. So this God we serve, this isn't a fairy tale, although it seemed like I was in a fairy tale you know, alone and hopeless, a druggie. I had no hope. I had no hope to live any kind of a life. But here he comes, and he takes the time for us. There's nothing that God wouldn't do for you. There's nothing God won't do for you. I mean, just his person, you know. He's an amazing God, amen. He's real God, just like the name of my book. But um, when I went up to heaven, the Lord brought me in, and 
he set me down and I was in shock at this beautiful auditorium. And he said to me, one day you're gonna tell the world about me. And I said, you know, me? How am I gonna, you know, I've, I don't, uh, how's that gonna happen? And he just smiled. Well, here I am tonight and I have been in ministry for several years, amen? And he's had me in the back room, so to speak, making all these tools and all this free education for the world, which is beautiful. And he doesn't, he wants all people to himself. He said, I don't want any missing and, and I don't want any lacking all over this earth. And so I've done a lot of work through the years. It's been, you know, 20, 21 years ago. And here I am, you know, telling you guys about it. So whatever your life looks like or whatever you've done in the past, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take away anything he wants to do for you now. Obviously. Amen. Don't you love that about God? That he's there for us, that he's real. And, and just like Paul, he said, I was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Well, when I was caught up there, I looked at my clothes and I, I tried to run out of this huge auditorium because I was not dressed like them. I didn't even look like these people. They were celestial and diamonds and light coming out of them and the most glorious clothes I've ever seen. It makes uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and the rest of them look pitiful, pitiful, like garage sale clothes that you wouldn't even try to sell. I mean, this stuff is off the charts, off the charts. And God said, sit down. And so he was having me sit in heavenly places, amen? Just like in Ephesians it talks about. And so as I was sitting there, he, he just let me look at his profile. And he's very, very thick, barrel-chested. And he had a very thick neck. He was just looking around, and then he had me, he nodded over to a certain area in the, in the auditorium, and I look over to, over to my right, and I said, oh my God, oh my God, and there is my mother waving to me. My mother that I had buried seven years prior of breast cancer is alive, animated, full of joy, in heaven. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I had gone to her grave every week, I think, and sat there and smoked cigarettes and talked to her and cry because I didn't know. You know, we're not born knowing anything. We're born in needing God. People that don't know God are needing God because we were born to be his. We were born to be transformed into his image, amen? That's why you were born. You say, why am I here? Because I love you and I made you and I brought you to the earth and you're gonna be transformed in, into my son's image in your very special place, amen? With all your giftings and talents and personalities. Like all of you here tonight, you have different personalities, different, different mannerisms. You've all been chiseled and made so beautifully. 
Amen? We need to stop hating ourselves. We need to stop doubting ourselves. We need to hold our head high and say, I am a creation of the Creator. We talked about all of His creation, but you're part of it. You are created, and He loves you. That's why I'm here tonight. If you're the only person that came, I was here for you. Out of all the people in Orlando that could be here, amen? That's special. It is special. It's very touching. God loves us. You know, would you, would you do all this, Father? Would you do all this for one? God said, I died on a cross for one. There's nothing too elaborate for one. Don't ever underestimate what I would give and what I would do for one. There's a message in there. There's a message that's deep, though. And deep calls into deep. And I saw the Lord on the way over here tonight digging dirt up. And he was going deeper and deeper and deeper. Deep calls unto deep. And he's calling us deeper. And God said, you know exactly what I did for you, Annie. You were only one person. And I came walking through your walls to rescue you from a devil you didn't believe in. Because you were raised in a church that doesn't know me. John 17, 3 says, this is life eternal that they may know me. He said, Annie, who's your favorite preacher? He asked me that when I was in hell. He took me to hell. It wasn't where I wanted to go. I never had it on my day planner. I didn't have it on my bucket list, my vision board. <laughs> I didn't have it marked off for my, you know, this is my new year. I, I really hope this happens, that I get to go to hell. It's not something that I ever thought about. But right now, as you and I are sitting comfortably in this gathering, there are people on fire. It's called hell, the lake of Gehenna, the netherworld. It's a place I never thought about as I went to get my nails done, my hair done. You go to the doctor, your eye doctor, go to the grocery and get just the right bananas, amen? For your smoothie mix? Okay. Oh my goodness, where are we going to live? How am I going to pay the rent? God's like, let's go deeper. It's time to go deeper, church. It's time to go deeper. We have our eyes on so much. But you know, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow, amen? And God wants us, God wants us to, to think about our soul as the most important thing we have. I was lowered into hell, and I was sat on a bench. I went to many different 
different places on this bench or in hell. But one of the places, I was on a bench, and there were two doors. The first door was hell. The second door was the lake of fire. And all these demons were clawing at me, screaming, you think you're Eve. You think you're Eve. And I thought, this is nutty because I'm a person, right? And they want to destroy the person. John 10, 10, clearly, Jesus clearly told, told us, the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came, Jesus said, that you might have life. But he doesn't want people just saved. He wants people with him. He wants people to do life with him. Not religion, but life. He wants everybody back in his book because he said, Annie, your preachers that you love aren't telling the full message. They talk about heaven. They talk about good things. They talk about sugar. They talk about the sweet things of God. And he said, they're all true. He said, but there's goodness and severity. Romans eleven twenty two says, there's both the goodness and severity of God. Severity for those that continue in sin and die in that condition. And goodness if we continue on the path with Christ. Amen? The devil will always try to take you off the path. He's real. I got to see his kingdom and how they operate. And, and that was a real treat. But uh, when I was on a bench in hell, I was terrorized. But it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not, not the fact that your stock, stocks did really well and you got a great stock portfolio and a retirement home in uh, Tahiti. Amen? All that stuff's going to burn up. But mankind is chasing after the temporary things of this earth. That's why I saw Christ digging, digging deep, digging deep, digging deep. You know, dig deep, Annie. Let's go deep. Deep calls into deep. He said, let's stop this shallow Christianity. Amen. And so all of a sudden when I was on this bench, these steps came down. And there were the legs of God, and they looked big and barrel like ice and, 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 and uh, fire and light beaming out, and he stepped down, and he put his, his arm, and he said, if you're not going to be holy, this is where you're coming, and there's nothing I can do about it. Now, I never in my life knew even what holy was, and I thought, I'm the last person that's going to make it, amen, because I was nothing. I was not holy at all. There was nothing holy about me. I was very unclean, and I sinned, and many of the sins I did, I enjoyed. Do you know what I'm saying? So God had a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And I said, well, <laughs> how am I ever going to make it to heaven? He said, well, the first thing you're going to do is understand that you have to give your life to me, not just a little prayer at an altar at church but you have to give your life to me. And you have to read my book every day. And you have to go along with the, 
with the program, amen, and let me be Lord, okay? And it's, uh, it's all worked out. It hasn't been an easy road. You know, when you see what I have seen and you evangelize the way I did, you know, the devil doesn't roll out a red carpet and say, oh, Annie's going <laughs> to, she's going forward, you know, just lay out the red carpet for her and bring them all in and, you know, have a, have a good old time. Amen. There's a battle. And God, sit, God sits back to see if you remember the value of one. Do you, do you, do you have any value in the, in the number one? Is that, so what are, what are we after? What are we doing? You know, God comes where he's wanted. God comes where he's first. God comes where he's valued. And you know, when I look across the hall, I see the old me, and I say, and I see the old life, and I hear the old music, and I see the old liquor, and I see the old skirts, and it's very interesting how it's all going on on the other side. We're not gonna roll out the red carpet because, you know, the, the one thing the enemy doesn't like is truth, amen? Did God really say? And so I learned, that, I learned from my experience, God said, if you're not going to be holy, you're not coming to heaven, Annie. Your mom's here, but you're, you're, you wouldn't come because I have to judge according to my book. Psalm 138, 2, I hold my word above my name. And so what has to happen in your world is that the number one thing on your bucket list needs to be your soul. Amen? Needs to be your, your, your relationship with the Lord. When God says, don't steal, don't steal. And if you make a mistake, you say, God, I'm sorry. But we always try, amen? He said, be perfect as I am perfect. Now, the church, modern church will say, well, you can't be perfect. God's like, they've erased what I've commanded. He said, you are to be found blameless, amen? I ask the Lord to forgive me when I mess up, amen? And that's how we're supposed to live. But I tell you, heaven is not a place that any of us want to miss, amen? It's not a, it's not a place that we want to miss. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that heaven is a real place. And it's not a place that, it's, it's just not a place that we want to miss. And Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you that we understand that you're both goodness and, and your severity. You're, you're both. And we, I just thank you for this. And I thank you for the, these people here tonight that will honor their soul. Amen. And value who you are. So the summary of my story, and, and for all the details, because there's so many, you know, get the book if you can. 
We all desire from God the blessed life, amen? Because God does bless us. He wants to take us into our promised land and places, amen? He wants to give us great possession of wealth, but both spiritually, you know, our spirit needs to be wealthy, which is biblically sound and from Almighty God, as we are the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ with all the promises. There's not one promise that God gave Abraham that he doesn't want to do for us. But if we do not allow God to bless us with great soul wealth, true salvation, the blessed mind, the blessed intelligence, the blessed will, the blessed emotions, the blessed reason, the blessed wisdom, and the blessed activities, we will most certainly, definitely, and factually end up in Satan. Because this battle is real. Amen? This battle is real. We will end up in sin, and we just won't think anything of it. Because sin hardens us from God. Amen? And it actually separates us from God. Well, what does that mean? Well, if I'm separated from God, who am I in union with? Say Satan. Amen? It, uh, we, we'd end up in demon possession and everything else. So we need to give our life to Christ and, and know what we're doing. So... It's very, very important that we do things God's way. Rialoran International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at www.rialoran.org.